0: Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. Today I will be analyzing the poem The Pomegranate by Evan Boland and first of all I would like to tell you that this podcast will be broken into two main parts. In the first part I will be talking about the structure of the poem and in the second part I will be talking about or basically doing the close reading so first i would like to begin with our poet's biography and talking a little bit about her background because this is a very personal poem and she incorporates her own experience into the poem so without further ado let's get right into it so the full name of our poet is even ashlyn Boland she was born in dublin on the 24th of september 1944 she was an irish poet author and professor boland's father was a career diplomat and her mother was a noted painter when she was six boland and her family had to move to london where she had her first experiences of anti-irish sentiment her dealing with this hostility strengthened boland's identification with her irish heritage Unfortunately, she died last year, on the 27th of April 2020, at the age of 75, in Dublin, Ireland. The title of the poem is The Pomegranate, and it is composed of 53 lines that are contained within only one stanza. The lines are written in free verse, and Boland makes use of several poetic techniques, such as alliterations, asura, and simile. The use of punctuation also is very important because it is used to create an intentional pause and rhythm in the text. This technique precedes an important turn or transition in the text. So let's begin with the close reading. The poem is narrated in first person and the speaker is a woman, more specifically a mother, which is key to the whole interpretation because mother and daughterhood are the central motifs. We know this since the beginning as the speaker introduces the myth of persephone and says that she has entered the legend many times suggesting that she has spent a lot of time reading and exploring the myth and not only that but also experiencing it which leads us to question what could be her role in the myth and at which times she has entered it another recurring word at the beginning of the poem is exile it is as if the poem is split into two not by a structure but by motifs The first part deals with childhood and the second part with motherhood. And so at the beginning of the poem, the speaker tells us about Bullen's lonely childhood as she had to immigrate to London and face a tense atmosphere that was lived there due to geopolitical conflicts. The position of the stars is also mentioned in this first part, and I quote, the stars blighted. In those lines, the speaker lets us know that the city of Fox and strange consonants is equivalent to the underworld for her. It is a strange, dark, and cold. Then, from lines 13 to 15, Boland changes very quickly from childhood to motherhood, almost like a rite of passage. Her vocabulary switches from childlike complaints to motherly concerns. And with the phrase, and I quote, searching for my daughter at bedtime, we know that she has stopped being Persephone and is personifying Ceres now. And this sudden change feels less abrupt because Boland uses nature in Greek imagery. And with a very cinematographic look, she describes the atmosphere through the change of the seasons and hours. We get to the climax of the poem when she mentions the pomegranate and here we can notice how she's using punctuation to give the poem a more dramatic tone and even in terms of caesura it changes. It's not coincidental that this is the moment that we as readers fully enter the poem and let's pay closer attention to the phrase plucked pomegranate. The pomegranate has become a symbol of naiveness and innocence. Just like Eve's apple, it is a symbol of deception, of Persephone's deception orchestrated by Hades. Then line 38 reads, I could warn her, there is still a chance. This is a very personal take, it is a projection of the fear that mothers feel. When they sense their daughters growing up. This is the speech of a mother who is refraining from spoiling her daughter all the life lessons, but is still scared of watching her get hurt or worse, that someone or something might take her away from her own mother. This is a very clear nod to Ceres. So to wrap up, I would like to highlight a quote from line 45, where she says if I defer the grief, I will diminish the gift. The legend will be hers as well as mine. From this line all the way to line 50, Bolan is addressing herself, and it feels almost like a soliloquy in which she is convincing herself that she has to give her daughter the liberty to make her own mistakes. It feels like she's trying to make the legend a kind of place of comfort for both of them, and that comfort lays precisely on the fact that they have each other. seasons might get cold and things may change, but there will always be something they both can share. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope you enjoyed the poem as much as I did. See you in the next one.